Hello, everyone. Pastor Kurt here. Thanks for joining me for today's devotion. It is Friday, February 16th, 2024. I'll be reading today from the Common English Bible Translation. The readings come from the Revised Common Lectionary Daily Readings, and you can find a link to those in the show notes below. I also have printed there the readings for today if you wanted to pause this and look those passages up before we continue. I do encourage you to follow along in your own Bible. Whatever translation you have is just fine. After each reading, there'll be a moment of silence for you to spend time uh, reflecting on the passage. And then uh, I'll be offering up my own reflections. And so today we also have Penny Benda joining us for one of the readings and reflections. And so before we continue, let us pray. O Lord, prepare our hearts to hear your word and obey your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, so uh, our two readings today is one is from Daniel, where we're going to be picking up basically where we left off yesterday. And then the other reading is in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to be doing the one on Daniel, and then Penny will be doing the one on 2 Timothy. And so we're going to start with Daniel. So this is Daniel chapter 9, verses 15 through 25a. And just a reminder for those of you who maybe have forgotten this or haven't seen this, anytime in the lectionary where you see an A or a B after one of the verses, um, the A signifies the first half of the verse and the, and the B signifies the second half of the verse. Um, typically, you would start, uh, if you're going to see a B, you're going to be uh, starting with, um, with the second half of a verse. And um, if you end with an A, it'll be till the first half of that verse. And so just be mindful of that. So when we read uh, Daniel 9, 15 through 25a, we're only reading to the first uh, half of verse 25. So here we go. But now, my Lord, our God, you who brought your people out of Egypt with a strong hand, making a name for yourself even to this day, we have sinned and done the wrong thing. My Lord, please... In line with your many righteous acts, please turn your raging anger from Jerusalem, which is your city, your own holy mountain. Because of our sins and the wrongdoing of our parents, both Jerusalem and your people have become a disgrace to all our neighbors. But now, our God, listen to your servant's prayer and please for help. Shine your face on your ruined sanctuary for your own sake, my Lord. Open your ears, my God, and listen. Open your eyes and look at our devastation. Look at the city called by your name. We pray our prayers for help to you, not because of any righteous acts of ours, but because of your great compassion. My Lord, listen. My Lord, forgive. My Lord, pay attention and act. Don't delay. My God, do all this for your own sake because your city and your people are called by your name. While I was still speaking, praying and confessing my sin and the sins of my people, Israel, while I was still praying my prayer for help to the Lord my God about my God's holy mountain, while I was still speaking this prayer, the man Gabriel approached me at the time of the evening offering. This was the same Gabriel I had seen in my earlier vision. He was wearing, he was weary with exhaustion. He explained as he spoke with me, Daniel, here's why I've come, to give you insight and understanding. When you began making your requests, a word went out, 
and I've come to tell it to you because you are greatly treasured. So now understand this word and grasp the meaning of this vision. Seventy weeks are appointed for your people and for your holy city to complete the rebellion, to end sins, to cover over wrongdoing, to bring eternal righteousness, to seal upon to seal up prophetic vision, and to anoint the most holy place. So you must know and gain wisdom about this. There will be seven weeks uh, from the moment the word went out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until a leader is anointed. Well, there are a couple things of note that I just want to lift up here. Um, the first being, you know, we still find it uh, starting here at verse 15. Um, we are continuing exactly where we left off yesterday uh, with this uh, prayer of Daniel, uh, this prayer of confession. Um, and it, it kind of follows along with these themes of Lent, which is a time of repentance, of turning back to the Lord. And, and like I said yesterday, one of the main uh, things about a repentance is um, is admitting the things that you've done wrong, right? Offering a confession to God, um, and then um, and then seeking to turn turn things around, right? To turn away from those things. That's what repentance is: to turn around and go a different direction. Um, and so we're continuing that theme here, um, but here in verse sixteen is really kind of the the verse that that stood out to me uh, more than any others. Um, and it says, my Lord, please, in line with your many righteous asks, please turn your raging anger from Jerusalem. And, um, you know, I think this passage is, or that those, that word, those words are interesting because we, you know, we've talked about, you've heard me talk about, um, you know, the, the Israelites, um, or the people of this time. And even today we still see this where, um, people attribute the bad things that happen to us as, as being a punishment for some sort of sin. And so a big part of the Babylonian exile um, was seen as God punishing the Israelites for not, uh, or for straying from the Lord. Um, and I tend to look at that less as a punishment and more of a, you know, the Lord is, is letting us deal with the consequences of the bad choices that we made. Um, and, and if you've, if you've been attending my church and you've attended any of our Bible studies this week, a Bible study and book study for Lent, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about that, about God letting us deal with the consequences of our sins. Um, and so, uh, but just the idea, I think, of God being angry is an interesting one. You know, when we think of God, we think of God as being loving and compassionate. Um, and... Um, but we also know that, that God also experiences anger, um, righteous anger, right? Uh, we see that um, played out by Jesus when he flips over the tables in, in the temple. Um, it, we see that scene played out in the Gospels. And so we know God does get angry, um, but I think how God responds uh, and uses that anger is, um, 
is maybe different than the way that we might. You know, when we get angry, we have a tendency to to lash out and to seek revenge. But, you know, Jesus was very, very clear in the Gospels about um, not seeking revenge, but um, praying for your enemies and, um, you know, offering them compassion. Um, and so, um, but this is not out of character for Jesus or God. You know, we it makes perfect sense that God would get angry. Um, another thing we kind of talked about in our Bible studies this week was the idea of being uh, made in the image of God. And, you know, one of the images that we were made in, you know, if we have these emotions of anger and love and compassion and um, and all these emotions that we, we experience, it makes sense that being made in the image of God, we would have inherited our feelings from God. So God would then, would it makes sense that God would experience uh, many of those emotions as well, especially when you think of, uh, of the incarnate um, God in Christ. Um, you know, Jesus is fully human and fully God. Um, and so, of course, Jesus would have expressed many of the same um, emotions that we experience. So anger is not um, outside of the realm of what you might expect God would feel, especially when God sees us doing things that God knows are destructive in our lives. And um, and at the very least, wouldn't God be frustrated? I mean, when if, if you've experienced what it's like to be a parent and you've seen your children make decisions that you know are bad for them, even though you've warned them, um, it can be kind of frustrating to see them continue down a path um, that you've told them and warned them is wrong, but they do it anyway, right? I mean, so I can imagine God feeling those same exact things. The other thing about this passage too, though, um, as it continues, it says, because of our sins and wrongdoings of our parents, both Jerusalem and your people have become a disgrace to all our neighbors. And I think that really speaks um, to us today when we think of the uh, of the poor actions of of some Christians in our communities. Right? We see so many different things um, in the news of, of of pastors or leaders in the church engaging in uh, fiscal malfeasance, or we see them engaging in abuse uh, or infidelity or um, child abuse. Uh, you know, we see so many. So many instances in the news where, um, you know, the church has been labeled anything but loving, um, but judgmental and um, accusatory and exclusionary and all of these different things. And those are the things that many Christians have reflected in their lives. And, um, and those, uh, those things have not just reflected on, on the church, but they've reflected back on God as well. Um, and, and I don't have any doubts the fact that some people have uh, have chosen not to become Christian because of the way that um, Christians act, have acted in the world. And so uh, it's important to remember, as this passage shows, and it's one of the things that Daniel is confessing, and one of the things I think we ought to confess as well, is that our actions reflect on the God that we serve. And our actions reflect on the church that we belong to. And so when we interact in the world that is less than loving and compassionate and, and uh, peace-filled and all of those things, right? When we act in a ways that are contrary to the teachings of Christ, the world around us is not, is not stupid. They know what Jesus taught. <laughs> and... Um, and when we act in contrary means to that, then that's 
it turns people off, right? It, it says just like here, um, your people have become a disgrace to all their neighbors, right? They reflect, they reflect what God, that not the light of God, but they reflect uh, the darkness of the adversary. And so we just need to be mindful of that. And then the last thing I just wanted to lift up about this passage, um, as it gets down into verse 20, um, the heading in my section talks about 70 weeks. Um, and so now that Daniel has uh, offered up his, his confession, um, the Lord sends uh, Gabriel uh, to offer up a word, a message, uh, which essentially is uh, a promise that um, God is going to change their circumstances for the better um, in the midst of his confession. So now Daniel has confessed. He sought uh, redemption. He has sought to return to the ways of the Lord. And, and, the, and God is responding to that confession um, by promising um, a return uh, back to Israel, right? A return to the way things used to be. And, uh, and so the thing that I just lift up here is Gabriel, of course, uh, is a messenger, is an angel of the Lord. Gabriel is the one who uh, delivered the message to, um, to Mary, right? That, he, uh, that she was going to be um, bearing the, the Son of God and that uh, he also appeared, I, I believe he appeared to the, um, to the shepherds and to Joseph as well, and then to, um, um, uh, and to Elizabeth um, as well. And so um, all of these things we see um, kind of all throughout the scripture, and I think it's just kind of cool to see that. All right, well, that is uh, the reading from and reflection on Daniel. And so I'm going to turn it over to Penny to do Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. And so here's Penny. Today I'm going to read for you 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5 in the NIV version. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead? And in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them at a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to the myths. But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. This is another letter that Paul wrote to Timothy in order to encourage him and give him support because it had to have been hard to have gone out there and try to teach God's word, to preach God's word, and hear all these other people that were taken and trying to make people go their way. You know, because everybody always thinks the next thing is going to be the best thing. And so if somebody comes along and they tell them something and their ears are hearing it, they're getting the itchy ear to listen to what this other person has to say, sometimes they will be persuaded. People are easily persuaded.
They always want to hear what the next best thing is. They think that the next best thing is, you know, and not necessarily. God is the next best thing. It says here that only God will be the one that can judge. So when the new kingdom comes and we have gone out and we've done all that we can, we've preached, we've lived a good life, um, then he is the only one that can make the judgments. And then over here on five, it says, but you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. If we hold steady to that theory, then when it does come time for the new kingdom, we will be judged well, because that's all God wants you to do is he wants you to go out and he wants you to build his kingdom. And the only way to build his kingdom is to go out here and to preach the word, the word that we've learned from this Bible, and to endure hardship and just do the work. Do the work that God has asked you to do. Love your neighbor. Love God. That's all there is to it. And Paul was just trying to help Timothy, just giving him another instruction to do this. But it is also very good instruction for us. As long as we remember that God is the only one that can judge us. All right, thank you, Penny. So we're going to spend some time now in prayer. I'll be lifting up some categories of prayer. Um, and after each category of prayer, there'll be a moment of silence for you to lift up your own personal prayers to God. And then I will say the words, Lord, in your mercy, your response will be hear our prayer. When we get through all the prayer requests, then we will join together in the Lord's prayer. So let us pray. Oh, loving God, we are so thankful for all that you have placed upon our hearts today through these readings and reflections. We come before you now with those things that are heavy on our hearts, and we begin by praying for the people of our faith communities. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are suffering and those who are in trouble. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the concerns of our local communities. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
We pray for the beautiful earth you have given to our care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the church universal, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we lift all this before you, praying for healing, comfort, strength, peace, and wisdom as we pray the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, that's all for today's devotion. I hope you were able to hear a word from God for your life today. If you have any questions, suggestions, prayer requests, or would like to share with me some of your own thoughts and and reflections on today's readings, I would love to hear from you. And you can send those to the show email at admin at pastorkurt.com. May you go forth today in peace. Shine the light of Christ everywhere you go. Until next time, have a blessed day. Bye.